Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host, William Powell, the king of DC media. Good evening, dear listeners. Tonight, my guests are cast members from the horror comedy The Night Watchmen, including stars and story originators Ken Arnold and Dan DeLuca, and supporting player Dan Franco. The story involves four night watchmen and a love interest in a battle royale against clown tires. That's vampire clowns, folks. I wrote a review of the film that's out there at uh, BlastingNews.com. Try this on for a quote. In this film, you've got blood, you've got breasts, you've got beast. Will the reviewer says rent it today? Yes, indeed. Now, you can watch the film most anywhere, places like Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google Play, and now even Verizon Fios. You can find out more about the movie at www.tnwmovie.com. Now, as for the backgrounds of the cast, Ken Arnold has a nine-year career playing baseball for teams like the Chicago Cubs, Baltimore Orioles, and Texas Rangers, and has been on shows like Guiding Light and films like Men in Black 3, in which he played Buzz Aldrin. Dan DeLuca has starred in films such as the Disney-esque kids comedy On the Wing, and he also co-wrote The Night Watchman. And Dan Franco has appeared on shows like Click and HBO's Veep. And most recently, he was in the mind-bending short film, Recursion Theorem, which is available on YouTube. I saw it, and it was fantastic. Check it out. Now, you can find them on Facebook and IMDb, and I see that they are on the switchboard. And I'm going to go ahead and bring them on the air. Good evening, Dan, Ken, and Dan. Good evening, William. Hey, All William. right. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. Happy to be here anytime. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Ken, I'll start with you. As a filmmaker, what convinced you the world was ready for a clown power film? Well, uh, you know, everybody needs some scary clowns in their life, and uh, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of vampires as well. So we figured we'd combine those two things together and see what we came up with. And we came up with a character by the name of Blimpo. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Dan DeLuca, I, I found out that there was a Blimpo the Clown vending machine way back in the day. So talk about some of the inspirations for your script. Uh, some of the inspirations uh, definitely comes from films like Shaun of the Dead, uh, but even going so far back as uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and the Mummy and uh, those type of uh, horror comedies. Uh, I always enjoyed them as a kid, and uh, uh, still, you know, Simon Pegg is is, uh, is one of my favorites. Um, so th- those were definitely inspirations. The inspirations for the characters, well, that's kind of obvious in the character names. <laughs> that would be uh, Ken as in Ken and Jigits as in Jigits. <laughs> um, so uh, the inspiration for those characters came directly from those gentlemen, as much as they'd like to deny it. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, Dan, I, I'll just uh, kind of 
piggyback onto that question about it seemed like this film was more of a I guess it, it had a little bit more of a R-rated kind of feel to it, more so than the ones you mentioned, some of the Abbott and Costello ones. I mean, was there a conscious decision to go more for, you know, the R more so than the family-type-oriented film? Um, you know, there, there really wasn't much of a decision uh, at all. It was much, wasn't much of a thought. You know, Ken and I just sat down and uh, started coming up with ideas and started writing it, and, uh, you know, it was going to come out the way it Whatever way it came out, it came out. If it ended up being a G movie, then more power to it. But, you know, it didn't go that way. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Mr. Franco, talk about how Hello. you got involved in the film. Yeah. Uh, well, I, um, you know, I, I was kind of in the peripheral when when the development of the project was going on. And uh, Ken kept uh, kept saying, we got a, we got a part here, I think, you know, with you. And uh, then, you know, as it got closer and closer through various iterations of the project, it, it just, I sort of was kind of always somewhat attached to it. And then uh, when, when we went into production, I, I came on board and, and was completely uh, taken, taken to the mattresses by these guys with some of the stuff. <laughs> okay. No, no, <laughs> DeLuca took you to the mattress now. Come on, let's see. Let's get that clear. I'm not the one who shoots him in the arm, Ken. <laughs> yes, I, I I I took you to the showers. That's a little different. Oh, we'll get into that. And later. that's how he got the fart away. <laughs> oh wow! Hey, what's going on right now? That's true, but Franco yeah. volunteered. <laughs> I missed something there. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight, guys. So now, Ken, I gotta—I I really dig the music, man. So, how was the decision made to go with that cool Kevin Kerrigan 1980s sound and score? Uh, you know that—that that was a, a lot to do with uh, our director as well. I mean, he—he he had his vision uh, that he brought to the project, and uh, he wanted it to have. Uh, you know, we originally had that vibe going. But he uh, went in that direction, and he had some people he knew out on the West Coast, and he wanted to use them and their music, and they have a very 80s feel to it. So, uh, you know, I got to say that he uh, was the one, our director, Mitch Altieri, he was the one who kind of uh, steered the music in that direction. Yeah, I really, it really added a lot to the film, a lot to the, the action and everything and, the, and kind of the feel of the film. Kind of had a throwback vibe to it. So now, DeLuca, I'm going to go back to you. So talk about how you work with screenwriter Jamie Nash on writing such an energetic script. Well, you know, Ken and I had come up with the uh, with the, the original skeleton of the film, and uh, and then from there, um, we both thought it'd be a great idea to bring Jamie in because he's he's extremely funny. I mean, not only funny looking, but he is actually a funny uh, writer as well. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I didn't know how it would work out, but I like Jamie as a person. And honestly, I think, uh, I don't think it's ever been easier for me to, to work with somebody. We, we just kind of bounced things back and forth, kind of like playing ping pong. And, and each time the other person hit it, it got better and better all the way along. Um, uh, Somehow, Jamie and I uh, and Ken uh, have have the the same kind of sick mind, and 
<laughs> it comes out in our humor. <laughs> so it was really fun and easy to work with Jamie. Uh, and then we'd sit down and, and read through the stuff, me, Jamie, and Ken. And, and uh, um, you know, what I, I, I got to say, it was, it was really easy working with Jamie. Oh, nice, nice. So now, Ken, I got to talk about the physicality of the film. It's very physical, whole lot of mm-hmm. action. I really loved it. So you got to talk about the the like any combat training. Did you undergo combat training? Did you guys have like a course that you went through before you started filming? No, uh, we really didn't need to. What we did was uh, we had a great stunt coordinator in Jeff Wilhelm uh, and his group, the Misfits of Mayhem, the stunt group that he works with. And he brought them out, and um, they uh, did pre-visuals on all of the stunts using their guy. And then they just had us there work a little early to uh, get everything down. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, the stunts, I, 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 I didn't have much of a problem with them because they weren't that difficult. And it wasn't anything that I hadn't done while I was playing sports when I was younger. So I picked right. up on it pretty quick. But Ken's uh, also done... Ken's also done quite a bit of stunt work in other films as well, so before he got right, to that. Right. Um, yeah, it's not hard yeah. to get psyched up when, when someone says they're going to fly you 20 feet through the air on a wire, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm in. That, that's, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, you guys had James Remar. I mean, you could have had an homage to the baseball theories from the Warriors and, like, baseball bats <laughs> and the whole thing. It would be a Homage to Ken and James. That would have been been something else. Oh, wow. So now, DeLuca, talk about the fake blood used on the film. I mean, what was that made of? Uh, You know, I I think we can all agree that that was... It was made of misery. Yeah. It was was made out of misery and Kevin Jiggett's tears. (laughs) (laughs) And it was made out of all our tears by the end. (laughs) And, you know, it was basically syrup, you know, sugar and uh, and dye and that stuff. If you had it on, you ripped off every hair you had. Uh, You know, by the end of the film, we we were all kind of stripped of any body hair we had. So (laughs) it was painful. Wow! I, 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 will, I will say yeah. I will say that uh, in future films uh, we will need a, an unlimited supply of cocoa butter to keep that stuff from getting too sticky. So we did use that quite a bit. <laughs> and, and had we known, because you know Jiggett uses a lot of cocoa butter on his head, so had we known, yeah. we would have barred it from from Jiggett, But no. <laughs> and it was, you know, we. We shot yeah, in like puts, February, so, <laughs> so it was freezing on set, and that that syrup kind of kind of gelled even more than it was already sticky yeah. on its own. But then it kind of took on this more viscosity um, mm. through, through the through the cold. And yeah, eventually, you know, William, it, it on your clothes, it became this hard crust. Uh, yeah. So you know, by day three, you know your shirt is stiff. And mm. crusty and scratchy, uh, aside from the fresh blood that you end up putting on it. Yeah, it was like wearing yeah. candy apple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. candy <laughs> apple. That was it. Candy apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like. Seriously. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. I think we have a caller here, uh, number 400. So I'll bring them on the air. So I'll bring you on the air and just uh, ask your question. Okay, 400, you're on the air. What's your question? Hey, it's Dwayne from NOLA. 
Oh my <laughs> God! <laughs> oh. William, uh, you know the, he has a court order to stay at least 500 feet away from us. I don't know if this counts. Yeah. <laughs> it okay. doesn't count. It doesn't count. I'm coming for you now. I'm just playing. You could have. Oh, man. What's the question? Uh, oh, well, well, I worked on a film with them. I, that's, really, that's I right. just wanted to say hi to these guys. They were great well, hey, to work This with. is Dwayne Bateman, and he and uh, uh, Jay uh, came out here and uh, helped us out uh, on on the the actual fundraiser for the film when we did the uh, uh, the trailer for it before we shot it, uh, then came back out and worked on set with us. Uh, extremely invaluable. These guys are phenomenal. They have a company uh, called Admit to Productions, and uh, they did our uh, shutter behind the scenes. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we're eternally grateful for these guys. Uh, not only uh, are they professionals through and through, they're a hell of a lot of fun to be with on set. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That one time that uh, Dwayne tried to tried to tried to Harvey Weinstein me, but you know that, that's for another story. Oh, <laughs> harassment it story. Was okay, we'll, we'll we'll put that on another show. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one nipple, Dan. It was just one nipple. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, Dwayne. Thanks for the call. I guess we have to put you on mute now. Okay, thanks for the call, man. <laughs> Talk about the other cast members. I mean, you got uh, Kevin Diggett, you had James Remar, you got Rain Pryor. How did you assemble such a wonderful cast? Uh, well, we had a casting director out in Los Angeles who helped us get James Remar and uh, Tiffany Sheppis, who is one of the screen queens out there. Um, Robert Neal Marshall, who did our local casting here in uh, Maryland. Um, he was friends with Rain Pryor and also friends with Matt Servito, who was in Sopranos and the show Banshee. He was able to uh, get those guys to come down and be on the film with us as well. Nice. Yeah, we got really, we got extremely lucky. And, and James Remar was uh, um, a, a wonderful surprise because he took that character. I've never seen him do anything like play a character like that at all. And he just took it and ran with it and did a phenomenal job. Amazing. Dan thought amazing. Dan Franco thought so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of an intimate scene between Franco and Remar. Not too many people can say that, especially men. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's in the it's in the film. It's a little um, a little cutaway, and and he he kind of comes up behind me, and and while I'm asleep on my desk, and grind. You can't really tell it's me. So if you don't catch him say that this one time he was grinding on Barney, um, you might not have caught who the character is, but you just see him grinding on somebody, and, and that somebody is me. I'm sitting there like, yep, Dexter's dad just stuck his junk on the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the times where you really, really in this industry want standing. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. There was a little bit of everything in that film. That's that's something else. So now um, – Ken, you got to talk about uh, you, you really paid your dues on this film, man. You had the uh, the festival circuit and everything. It's building up. It was mm-hmm. a nice progression over a couple years. So talk about that. How was you able to build up buzz? Uh, well, we started out last year at the American Film Market, and we put uh, ads in Variety and uh, the Hollywood Reporter 
and we started the buzz there, and we did a screening of it, uh, which was only available to the people who bought tickets to the American film market. And then from there, we got some good, um, uh, we got some good uh, blog write-ups and some good press out of there. And then we immediately went into the festival circuit. We started in Atlanta, and throughout the year, we had at least two festivals a month, sometimes more. And uh, we just went everywhere. We were all around the world. We were uh, in some of the biggest. We were in the two biggest genre festivals in the world. We were in Fantasia and Seaches. And they invited us to come. We didn't submit to them. They invited us to be in their festivals, which was an nice. honor. And, you know, we just, we, it just took off. Word of mouth spread throughout the festival circuit, and we were getting phone calls and emails and uh, winning awards, and it was just fantastic for us. Nice, nice. Okay, Franco, I got to go back to you. So talk about the fan reaction to your role. <laughs> tell, tell them about the Cleveland experience, Dan. The Cleveland one. Oh yeah. Um, so for those of you who who haven't seen the movie yet, at, at a certain point, um, after I've these guys have saved me from from a vampire attack, they they want me to prove that I'm not turned. So they they make me dance to save my life, and uh, it's it's pretty uh, ridiculous. And um, and it starts out. You know, the script starts out, it's, it's, it says, does a sexy dance, and then ends with a twerk. And everything in between was up to me to sort of fill in the blanks. And um, in Cleveland, the sexy dance starts, and the woman in the seat behind me just goes, ew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we all, we all get into this for the ego, and, and then it's taken right out from under you. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's been oh, it's been awesome. It's it's uh you know you you get a a scene like that and it just is one of these little you know moments that and this film has so many moments that are that are just you know because we've seen it twenty thirty times now at these different festivals and and there were four or five moments in the film that are just the, every single time the audience just just bursts out laughing and. And I'm fortunate that that one of them is mine, and uh, and that that these guys gave me a, a something like that to to play with. Yeah, that was it was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So Deluca, so uh, you gotta tell me about your locations. Uh, was there a conscious uh, decision to film in Maryland? Uh, yeah, there actually was a conscious decision to film in Maryland. Uh, originally, uh, we had Ed Sanchez that was going to direct the film. Uh, he came on board, helped us out with the trailer, um, really kind of helped us through the whole process. Um, and then he got booked on for like three months, having to go up to Canada to uh, direct a series up there. Uh, intruders and um, at that point you know we had already had investors on board and and whatnot Uh, but you know Ed lives in Maryland we wanted to shoot Maryland Ken lives in Maryland Uh, we also got a little bit of help from the state so uh, Maryland was 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 the right choice uh, for for the location Uh, most of the people uh, locals were were from Maryland I'm actually from from Arlington Virginia but uh, everybody else is pretty much from Maryland yeah yeah, and one thing I like about the film is that it kind of had an everywhere quality to it. I mean, it was vaguely Baltimore, but it was vaguely, I mean, like a lot of interiors. It really could have been anywhere in the USA. 
Certainly, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Could have could have could have been anywhere. I, you know, the choice was Baltimore because, you know, we've all we've all by one way or another, you know, been inspired by that city. Um, and Baltimore really is not often, except for obviously The Wire and and, and Homicide, but in, in films, is not often portrayed in films. Uh, you know, it's it's generally New York or L.A., right? Um, uh, sometimes Chicago, but it's you know, uh, or Louisiana now. But uh, you know, Baltimore doesn't get it to do. Um, and uh, I think we all got a special place in our hearts for Baltimore. Oh yeah, that's right. So, Ken, you got to talk about how uh, your director, uh, Mitchell Altieri, was brought on. Uh, well, I, I had a friend of mine who was a producer out of uh, San Francisco. Uh, he had produced the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the, new, the remakes, and uh, he was also a producer on a film I did called Tomorrow Is Today. And uh, I met him there, and uh, I gave him a call and said, hey, we're looking to get this thing made. And he, he said uh, when he found out Ed couldn't do it, he threw a couple names out there. And we did a little research, and we met with Mitch, and then we decided to go with Mitch. So that's how that came about. Nice, nice. And talk a little bit about his style as a director. Is he one of these one-take guys or 20-take guys or what? No, uh, we didn't do that many takes. I mean, uh, and Dan could, uh, you know, uh, chime in on this one. We we did about three or four. He really didn't give us much direction. Uh, he kind of let us play because he knew we knew the story. So he let me and Kevin and Dan do our thing for the most part. Um, you know, he was more concerned with the shot angles and things like that. And there were directors who were like that. Uh, so, you know, he let us play. He gave us our freedoms. And, uh, you know, he kind of worried about, the technical side and the shots and, and, you know, those types of things. So because he knew we, we created the story and it was kind of our story, he just let us have, you know, carte blanche to just basically do what we wanted for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I could tell you had a lot of fun on, on, on set there. That was amazing. So, I'm going to kind of throw a hypothetical out there. And, uh, DeLuca, I'll, I'll start with you. How would you advertise this film on a billboard? <laughs> on a billboard? Um, yeah. it, in big letters, it would say, it's a family film. It has clowns. <laughs> and then a picture of Blimpo. With a picture of Blimpo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. I like that one. Okay, Franco, how about you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but definitely Blimpo. Um, maybe Blimpo French Kissing Guest or something like that because he's he's great for for billboards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Ken, what would you put up there? I would Ken would put, put a picture there. of himself up there. We all know that <laughs> in a speedo. I, I, <laughs> in a speedo. Oh my God, that's yeah. scary. <laughs> I would actually. I, oh, I, I was wow. thinking about putting, putting up a picture of uh, Tommy Wiseau from the room. Yeah. I'll just put a picture of him up there on the billboard. And, oh hi, uh, we would probably. Yeah. Well, oh hi, Blimpo. Hi. Oh hi. Kara. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Blimpo. Kara. Oh wow. Give me a pod, <laughs> 
we actually have, you know, one of my favorite uh, things is we have kind of a, a cartoon-esque uh, character display of of five the five main characters uh, in in the film, um, and you see it every once in a while, especially uh, if you go on the website and scroll through all the images. And so there's a picture of you know Jiggets, and it says Jiggets, and uh, uh, he's posed. Uh, we had we had a great uh, set photographer there um, who, uh, who you know took some great pictures for us and and we used it to build this kind of uh, um images of each one of the characters and for me that that would uh that would be a great poster as well. So yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of good still images out, out of the film that's like really amazing. It just has a very peculiar look. I mean I just really love the lighting and just not only in the film but like I say a lot of those still images are just like Fantastic! Yeah, really, really well done. Yeah, those were yeah. done by uh, Herbert Mann out of Baltimore. So, oh yeah, uh, TLP. Yeah, TLP photo. Yeah, he did nice. a fantastic job. Fantastic. So, uh, Deluca, are you writing a sequel? Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> it's already outlined. It's already, it's already on its way, and uh, it promises to be uh, just as insane as 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 the first. Um, it it is, you know, you saw the film. I don't want to give too much away uh, to those who haven't, but you'll see why there needs to be a sequel. And uh, if you watch the film, and and uh, this 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 sequel, um, you know, explores. Uh, a lot more in depth these these quirky characters. Nice, nice. Okay, guys, we're going to take a little bit of a left turn and just talk about some other projects out there. So, like Franco, you got to tell us a little bit about the recursion theorem. Great, thank you. Um, yeah, the recursion theorem is a uh, short film, um, and for me, I kind of did the recursion theorem a couple months before we went into the night watchman and then they both hit the festival circuit at the same time. So for the last year and a half, I've kind of been, these two films have sort of been paralleling each other out there on this great ride and getting these great reviews and, and, uh, and feedback from fans, from audiences. And, um, uh, the recursion theorem is, it's a black and white film. It kind of plays like a lost episode of the twilight zone um, yeah. A bit of The Shining as an influence, and uh, yeah, and yeah, it's uh, you know I play a character that wakes up in a room that he can't seem to get out of. You know, he leaves through one door and comes back in the other side, and and it really kind of um, Ben Sledge is a local uh, writer director, um, and he kind of wanted to really explore this idea of somebody that doesn't have a, a past or a future or or a sense of purpose and and what that struggle is of, of just existing. There's mm, strong metaphors in that one. I, I guess everybody can relate. I guess we're all at some point of our lives. that feel like we're, we're just stuck and we just can't move forward. Yeah. Wow. Okay. DeLuca, you got to talk about uh, on the wing. How's that doing? On the wing. Well, on the wing, uh, in the last six months, we have, uh, gone through uh, the marketing of it and kind of done some analysis of it and are actually rebranding and remarketing 
um, and talking to uh, other interested parties at this point. So we found that it wasn't hitting its niche. Um, although, you know, we won a lot of uh, awards at festivals and, um, you know, it's gotten fantastic reviews. Um, it just, uh, it really, we felt it wasn't marketed properly, um, with the poster and the name. So it is now going to be called, uh, Eco Team Save the World, um, because it's a very, you saw it, a, a, a environmentally based film, um, mm-hmm. about these four teenagers who basically saved the world to take on uh, politicians and big oil and go out there to save the world. Um, and, uh, you know, you have two of the actors uh, on the line with you here as well, Ken and, and, and Franco, um, also I think part I just of, found out we, re- we renamed oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. We'll see. This is a, an on, ongoing process, and uh, yeah. it's got a fresh new look. Now I need to go update my resume and my website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dan. You're welcome. I, I try to do anything I can to uh, to make your life easy, Franco. Isn't that been obvious so far? <laughs> uh, just wait till the sequel, Franco. Just wait till the sequel. <laughs> there you go. Wow. So now, Ken, you got to tell me what's next on your show, Apple Teenies with Ken. Well, uh, this past week we did a Star Wars special, which was amazing. We had uh, John Morton, who played Dak from uh, nice. uh, The Empire Back. He was on. And we also had some cosplayers from the, the Star Wars costume community here in Maryland. They have a huge chapter nice. here. They were, They were on. Uh, we had uh, Matt Mickelson from New York came on and, and screened his uh, trailer for his Han Solo Chronicles. And uh, we had Christine Nelson came on, uh, who is uh, a fine actor in her own right. and She's done some really huge projects, just finished one with Meg Ryan, and she got to work with Sam Shepard um, before it was one of his last projects that he did. So, uh, I mean, it was a great show, uh, probably the, one of the best we've done. Uh, this upcoming Monday night, we're doing our Christmas special, so uh, we're we're going to be celebrating the holidays, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. And what time Monday night? Uh, we're going to be going at 8.30 on Monday night. We usually go from about 8.30 until uh, 9.15, about 45 minutes to an hour, depending. Oh, and tell the fans so. how they can find it. Uh, well, they can find us on uh, AppleTeasWithKen.com. Uh, or they can also go to our Facebook page. That's where we post uh, the, the live show. Uh, so just do a search for Apple Teenies with Ken, and it'll pop up the Facebook page, and you can like us, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Nice. Okay, gentlemen, so we're just about at the end, so I'm going to try a three-part question here. So, again, I guess, uh, DeLuca, I'll start with you on this one. So it's a three-parter. Um, the first one is uh, The Last Jedi. Is that going to be a good film or a bad film? Um, Super Bowl winner, uh, Super Bowl winner prediction. <laughs> and what's up for? And what's up? And what's up for 2018? All right. Okay. Well, so it's a three part. The three part. I will start with the second part of the three part. I have okay. no idea who's going to win the Super Bowl, who's going to be in it, or who's even playing as we speak. <laughs> I don't watch football. <laughs> and Ken always makes fun of me uh, for that, and I always make fun of him for that. 
Um, I definitely know it won't be the Eagles or the Giants. Um, and that's just for Javingo and, and Arnold to mull over. Uh, <laughs> I have no clue, uh, honestly. Um, uh, 2018, uh, we're going to be uh, on deck films. Ken, myself, Robert Neal Marshall, uh, Matt Servito um, are going to be uh, producing a film with Ed Sanchez called um, Sinkhole 2. Uh, and that's our next project on the block. Nice. Uh, and we're, we're looking forward to that. Um, and I'm sorry, William, what was the first question? Oh, yeah. Then the, oh, The Last Jedi, good film or bad film? You think it's going to be good um, or bad? You know what? I, I'm thinking it's going to be good. I'm excited to see it, actually. Um, I have to say um, I didn't like the previous one to this. Not Rogue One, but what was the one previous to that? Force Awakens. Uh, the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Uh, you know, I loved it, the characters, but I didn't love the storyline. Uh, Force Awakens was, was kind of a reboot of uh, A New Hope, right? I mean, it, that's what it seemed like, uh, which yeah. was the first Star Wars that was, was made. Um so I'm hoping this is a bit different than that, and we don't go back to, okay, now uh, Luke is, is Yoda and, uh, and Ray is, is Luke, and, and we just play the same game over again. I think there's uh, – I thought Rogue One was great, and hopefully this has, uh, you know, exciting things like Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One, I agree on that. Okay, Franco, how about you? Um, in 2018, um, what – this past summer, I, I worked on a film that was directed by a local actor, written and directed by um, Chris Perillo, and um, and so hopefully that will be heading into you know some some level of completion and and off to festivals sometime in 2018. Um, that's called Nothing from Something. Uh, that was really cool for me because my my son actually got cast in it as my son, so that was a um, really cool to kind of share that with him. Um, and uh, in terms of the Super Bowl, it definitely won't be the Redskins because they're they, they are mathematically eliminated now. So, um, you know, until until this past week, I probably would have said that I think the Eagles might um, be solid for it there. Not, not that I want to admit that to Ken, but um, I, I don't know. It just seems like no one's really now that now that the Eagles have lost their their quarterback, I, I don't really see anybody who's bulletproof the way you know. Yeah. You might have had last year with the with the Patriots, or um, so I don't know. Um, I, I'm sure the Patriots or the Steelers will be there in the AFC, um, and I I think anybody from the NFC is probably hard pressed at this point to beat whichever one of them comes out. And Rogue One, Absolutely. I'm sorry, uh, uh, the Last Jedi. I, I'm, I'm, I have it on good authority from one of our guests last week, who wouldn't tell me anything about it other than she loved it, and because uh, she, one of our guests, went to the premiere out in L.A. as part of the the 501st Legion, and um, I, I just I think what we talked about it the other night, the the fact that Disney doubled down, tripled down, and gave Ryan Johnson three more movies before fans even saw this thing. They they fully believe in, in what he did, and, and just the footage and the trailers looks amazing. And uh, and this new version of Star Wars that's coming with J.J. Abrams and and uh, Ryan Johnson, and it just seems like it's the characters are so so much more developed and 
and have more depth to them than than anything you saw in the prequels and and, and as much or more than anything in the original trilogy. So I'm I'm excited. Sure. I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm hoping for nice. uh, Jar Jar Binks to come back. <laughs> no. Before we get before we finish with Ken, I think we have one more caller. It's an anonymous caller with a bunch of ones. So let's see if they have a question. Okay. Uh, telling you. Who's this? Well, it's nice to know that I'm anonymous. Hi, this is Lawrence Whitener. Oh, hey, hey, Larry. Larry. <laughs> what's up? No, I was just Who's calling question, to congratulate man? you guys. What a great Thank job you, you did putting that together. And, Thank and you. Dan, you're you're on the wing, man. That 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 was a great film with uh, Crazy Mary. Yeah. Shotgun yeah. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy Shotgun Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and now you got Crazy Ken, so great way to segue. Yeah. That's right. Right. <laughs> uh have you guys uh looked at all about Redbox? Do you because right now you're all you're just on the web, correct? Yeah, let uh, Ken take that one. We've actually talked about it. Yeah, uh, Redbox is uh, something that may happen down the line. It's not uh, one of our first options. So, uh, you know, it may still become a reality for the Night Watchmen, but right now we're on most cable outlets. Um, we're at Amazon. You can get the Blu-ray there. And we're on all the – we're on iTunes, Google Play, Fandango. So you can stream us just about anywhere. So, and direct TV. Uh, so. Yeah. We're pretty happy with what we've got so far. If Redbox happens, even better. If it doesn't, that's okay. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. Well, anyway, I just, I've just i been listening to you guys as I work on my own screenplay, and I just wanted to uh, tell you congratulations. I mean, to you know, it's hard to really put together your own film and then to have success like this. Uh, yeah. Definitely you, you all get kudos. Thank, Thank you, you Lawrence, Absolutely. especially Thank coming you. from a from a fellow artist. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, so Somebody else call in? Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for the call, Lawrence. Thanks okay, call. and I'll go back to being anonymous. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Ken, I'll finish with you. Uh, 2018 Super Bowl and Last Jedi. All right, so I'm going to start Last Jedi. I got chills watching the trailer, so if if I – Get you know I I don't get chills too often watching trailers and that gave me the chills so I'm gonna bet it's gonna be a great film I can't wait to see it we're taking the whole family Christmas Day it's our tradition uh, over the past few years we're gonna keep that up because they're gonna keep releasing Star Wars films so I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to it um, more more for, chance for us to uh, get in them yes yes hopefully uh, for the Super Bowl it is going to be the Eagles. Nick Foles is not that big of a drop-off of a quarterback, Dan Franco. And if anybody wants to meet me in an alleyway to fight about it, I'll be there. <laughs> so, it's going to be the Eagles. I got some snowballs for anybody who says different. And then nice. uh, for 2018, um, I do have I do have a uh, series. Uh, coming out on Hulu that I had a recurring role in called The Looming Tower. Got to work with Jeff Daniels and Alec Baldwin and Peter Sarsgaard and Michael Stuhlbarg. So it was a very cool series that I got to work on. Um, very excited about it. It'll be uh, it'll be out in late February, early March on Hulu. Nice. And that's how my 2018 is going to start. And then, of course, we're going to go into Sinkhole 2, and we're gonna we're going to make a fun film there as well. 
Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, uh, Dan, Ken, Dan, it's been a pleasure. I really have fun tonight. Thank you, Dan, William. Always fun. Hey, we, we got to get you on Apple Teenies, yeah. William. We got to get you. We got to get you on Apple Teenies one time in in the new year. We'll get you out there. Oh, sure thing, man. I'll be there. Absolutely. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thanks again, and uh, Merry Christmas. Merry right. Christmas. Christmas. All right. Okay. All right. Y'all have a great night. Thank you. Yes. All right, dear listeners out there in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight. Beat on my heart, you drum inside me. Somewhere my death makes a sound no one can find. I never met anyone like you. Like a sin when you're beside me.